You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guest today is uh, Tricia Fried. Uh, welcome, Tricia. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Um, and thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Now, we're going to talk, obviously, about your new book, yes. uh, but we've got so much else to talk about before we get there. Now, in in the introduction mm-hmm. to the programme, I said that you had actually given your life to Christ that you become a Christian at six. Not exactly true, because like many people, uh, you were taken to church. Yes. Uh, can you remember way back, when you were six? Um, yes, I can. And I, I had a very spiritual moment. Uh, probably was about five, six years old in that um, my Anglican church was a very, very um, old church, stone building. And we used to do candle mass. And I can remember going to Candlemas and the church was in darkness apart from these beautiful lights of candles. And I felt very, very thirsty. Was this a Christmas thing you did? No, this is February Candlemas. Okay. in February. I don't, I don't think the church does Candlemas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just remember being very thirsty. And... But it wasn't like a human thirst. It was, a, And later on, God showed me that was a thirst for him. Um, so, yeah, I think going into an Anglican church um, gave me that sort of background. So my mum taught me from about six weeks old, and uh, she um, used to take me every week. And so I got used to church and, for, you know, always believed in God always believed in God but Jesus was something else <laughs> yeah well I mean you're not alone there aren't you because I mean if you ask a lot of people these days you know uh, are you a Christian oh yes yes I go to an Anglican yes. church every week <laughs> yes. and uh, I've been going since I was a child and uh, my parents are Christians uh, but what about you <laughs> yes. but but nevertheless it's I suppose when you reflect on those days uh, mm-hmm. even though that that maybe there was that bit of a disconnection for you in those early years but there's things that go in like the candle mass yes. experience yes. You don't really realise until much later, do you? No. I had, um, uh, we didn't have Sunday school, but what I used to do was read ladybird books. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, oh, Na- Naaman and the uh, the leprosy and the little girl. Uh, I always remember reading that book. So, um, s- sort of, I didn't get much teaching, but I did get it from these lovely little sort of sort of, uh, ladybird books, sort of Sunday school books. So, um you know, and obviously my mum prayed, so we used to pray every night. So, so there was that influence there. Yeah, um, and of course it's important because I mean, as I said, we oftentimes we, I mean, I went to a Presbyterian church when I was young. I did go to Sunday school, yeah. five hundred in our Sunday oh, school. Wow. Yeah, uh, but I now you, I don't know whether you're the same as me, but sometimes I'll burst out with scripture and think, where did that come from? You know, and I realise yes. that it, it goes way, way back yes. to my early childhood, whenever I was taught these mm-hmm. things and didn't realise it was in me. You know, yes, yeah. yeah. But then, but then, obviously, you, you, the, the Anglican Church wasn't a comfortable place for you as you got into your teens. No, I'll tell you a story about that, shall I? Bear? Oh, do, do. Mm. I love stories. So, um, we had acolytes, which is the bearers of the candles. It mm-hmm. was, a, I mean, it was so high, we used to have confessional and incense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it was a very. Did you have high. the bells ringing at the, yeah. high, the high spiritual moments in the service? <sighs> Possibly. You can't remember that. I, can't, I remember the incense. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. But we yes. may well have done. We yeah. may well have mm-hmm. done. And uh, our lovely minister. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm not knocking any of this because it really framed my faith. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of it was a very good experience. But unfortunately, this particular one thing wasn't. Um, you know, I was confirmed. I was confirmed. That was also a lovely moment for me. Um, I wouldn't say that I and felt... Were you baptised before that as a baby? You know, I was, yeah, that was six weeks old. I was yeah, christened. You were ducked, yes, yeah. I was ducked, yes. And um, yeah, all these things build. I, I believe that faith is, is building blocks. Um, so anyway, uh, we got to... I went to the church youth club. You know, it was a really tight community. It was a small village so we had a beautiful uh, tight community and you know I love church I love going to church um, but this particular time the boys used to do all the serving they used to call them servers and they had the two mm-hmm. acolytes with the candles mm-hmm. and um, me and my friend Jennifer uh the vicar asked us if we would like to have a go. First girls ever breaking tradition breaking tradition for one month perfect one month then all the boys rebelled and they all said oh, they did, did they? And they did. They said we won't do it. Oh, so they didn't want to work with you. No. 
The little monkeys. I know, it was a bit sad. But all things for a reason, and I left the church. You know, I've heard people going on, on strike, you know, but, but, <laughs> but never in church. No. <laughs> so I left the church. It was a very, But it was also a time when I was about 15, um, you know, that hormonal time. And I got to about 16, I think. In fact, another year later, I remember actually talking to God in my bedroom. And I said, God, I know you're there, but I don't need you. I said, I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> and well, at least that was straight talking. It was Trish. straight talking. And, and I suppose you're still straight talking. So I, I am. I'm feeling I'm going to be put in my place. <laughs> this is Hope FM. Of course, that is the Kingdom Choir there with their lovely version of uh, of Amazing Grace. My, my very special guest is, uh, is Tricia Foote uh, today. And, and so there you were in your bedroom having a conversation with God <laughs> saying, I don't need you. <laughs> very uh, arrogantly, I yes. have to say. <laughs> uh, but but it, I'm sure you're not the first person, though, that, that maybe has had that conversation. But it's interesting, though, that you have that consciousness of God. And so it was a, a open, known rebellion. But was, why was that? Did you think that maybe if you'd become, well, let's say you become holy all of a sudden, you know, you become a super spiritual person, you know, uh, do you think it would have ruined your your early years? I think uh, I had no awareness of sin. I remember being about nine years old and being taken to a convent with my nan and I thought, I really want to be a nun. <laughs> and I genuinely didn't think I was a sinner. But uh, just before my confirmation, we had to go to confession and I think that was about time, about 14, I was a bit more aware of my sin, you know. So I think, um, yes, I think uh, everything happens for a reason. I think, you know, so that moment where I felt I didn't need God, I was very aware of him, mm. but I probably wasn't very aware of myself. Yeah, but of course, as you rightly said, that we're all on this sort of spiritual journey, aren't we? And I guess that one of the lovely things is that we're all at different stages on this journey. Yeah, all the time. And also, I mean, we're talking about high church, low church, in between church. But of course, God uses it all. (laughs) He does, he does. In fact, I was quite amused because I I, I say to people, you know, God only recognises one church. Mm, (laughs) And and it it doesn't have any names on it. (laughs) But So we're going to have fun when we get... We get to heaven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, how long did the rebellion last for then? Well, it ended with my marriage. Ah. God used my marriage to, or the wedding, shall I say, the wedding, um, to bring him myself back. The start of bringing myself back to. Was him. you intended a Christian? No, no. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he did go to Sunday school. When so, he like was you, he had a bit of something. A little there. bit of something. Bit of something yeah, there. Prob- mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I had more of an awareness of God, maybe, but uh, he might dispute that. But anyway, when he <laughs> is asked, he listening, he is. <laughs> but when I um, when I, he asked me to marry me, uh, marry him, sorry, um, I said yes. And then he said a pivotal question, which framed my turning back to God: Where do you want to get married? Do you want to get married in a church or a registry office? And I went, what church, of course. And then I went away and I thought, but why? What made me feel so strong? And so when I sort of thought about it, I thought, actually, the reason I want to get married in church is because I want God in my life. So you really weren't rebellious at all. I wasn't too rebellious, really. I was no. just more of a sort of... Um, I think I think when you're a teenager, you, you don't want anyone looking over your shoulder. And I thought, oh, I don't want God looking over his shoulder at me, maybe. <laughs> but as you look back, I mean, and, mm. I mean, obviously you've written a book to help yes. other young people oh, yes. find God for themselves. But actually... Our lives are just a bit of a mess, aren't they? You know, in fact, sometimes the mess goes on for extended years, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, you know that you know that bit in the Bible where I, you know, so imagine the most holy person listening to this program. Who do you think the most holy person is? Would that be the Pope, maybe, or the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, or maybe King Charles the Third? I mean, who do you think is the most? Oh. Holiest person. Well, if she'd been alive, I would have definitely said Mother Teresa. I think a lot of people would have said that. Because her charity work and just the fact that she, um, you know, gave everything, everything. I don't think I could ever 
it's you know ever become a mother Teresa. I've got well, too you, much you selfishness. You came close to it, you know. You were almost a nun, weren't you? Well, that's true. <laughs> Did you, do you play a musical instrument? You could have been a singing <laughs> nun. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> For me, I, I I don't know. I think all human beings have a touch of sin in them. You yeah. know, it's only Jesus that's holy, really. Well, see, the thing is, is the Bible. I'm, I'm being naughty, really, because <laughs> I'm going to quote scripture. Now. <laughs> so, the, so the Bible says, "Here we are, thinking we're all terribly holy, you know." And, mm-hmm. and uh, but of course, Jesus um, had quite a lot to say about people who thought they were holy. You know, and yes. those. But there's one story he told mm. about one man who was saying, thank God I'm not like other men, I'm holy. <laughs> and then there was another publican said, oh, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner, you know. And God commended the guy who said he was a sinner. Mm-hmm. And he had he basically, you know, didn't really go for self-righteous people. But what the Bible says is that the best that we can be for God, wait for it, is like filthy rags. Mm. So the most holy, filthy rags filthy rags yes. uh, but there's a reason of course why why he said that and you're, you're quite right that uh, and I, I suppose we don't use the sin word often not now <laughs> I mean, when, when you when you think of it what what comes to your mind you know when you, you talk to me have you addressed it in your book the sin question oh yes <laughs> yes definitely yes we talk all about jesus and and what he's done for us on the cross so when you think about it when what, what comes to mind i mean i think i think the the, the bible is is like uh, missing the mark mm-hmm. going in the definitely. wrong direction yeah i've actually in the book i've got a whole page dedicated to that um when we talk about the book in a bit i'll explain why there's, there's a whole page to it Fantastic, yeah. But of course, the the answer to it all is Jesus. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. It's interesting because I I heard somebody, a famous preacher, just last week. I was up in London, and uh, uh, he said, "Now imagine you kicked the bucket. You know, you died, <laughs> and um, and you're standing before God, and uh, and God says to you, now, why, Tricia, should I let you into my heaven? Mm-hmm. Have a think about that for a moment." Mm-hmm. What would you say? Well, of course, lots of people give lots of different answers. But then he went on to say, if you said anything other than through the death of Jesus, then I feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. Because I suppose one of one of the hardest things is, is Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. life. And, and I guess people find that really hard, you know. But of course, what Jesus did was he died, didn't he? He mm-hmm. Thank goodness he didn't stay dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be in a pickle, wouldn't oh, we? Oh, we would. Yeah. But yeah. I and I guess that, that that's that's the essence. But as you quite rightly said, it does take a wee while for all that to percolate mm-hmm. through our systems. And oh, I suppose we don't like to think of ourselves as being sinners. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I think that's why I, I thought I was sinless because as a child. You do a lot of naughty things. It's, it's part of being a child, but you, you sort of explain and justify yourself, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I think there is a maturing where you start to realise that actually you are responsible for some of that, that stuff. Mm. But I suppose also that, I mean, you, you rightly said a child because you say white and they mm. say black and yes, all, all right. of that. And we're all, we're all like that, aren't we? Uh, but then, of course, when we look at society, it is quite worrying, isn't it, that in the society that we live, where I suppose that, I mean, when you and I were younger, mm-hmm. I guess that churches were pretty full. You know, there, oh, was, yes. there was a spirituality, a, a mm. consciousness of God, mm. maybe even if people didn't understand it all. But of course, nowadays, we've got, a, we've got generations of young people who have, would have no clue, you know, what we're talking about. Um, and that, and it's not just young people, it's, it's people of all ages, isn't it? Yes. Christians don't read the Bibles. Uh, Christians don't generally have a, a strong uh, knowledge of, of, of what they believe and indeed why they believe it. So if they're asked, like, I'm putting you on the spot today, but you're doing okay. You're giving a good account. <laughs> Thank sure. you. you are. Yeah. But I guess, I guess all of this would have been in your mind when you come to write your book. Well, my journey back, um, can, do you mind if I just tell you what happened for my... Tell us the okay. whole thing. Let <laughs> okay. it all hang out. Okay. Well, my, my, um, my journey back started with my marriage, my wedding day, and realising that I needed God in my life. Um, I suppose I'd done my little rebellious bit. I was uh, 21 when I got married. So um, I started to go back to church and I went to the local Anglican church, 
brilliant church. I've still got friends in there now. Um, but I didn't feel anything in here, you know. In your heart, yeah. In my heart. It was more duty. That's the way I sum it up, really, is duty. And then my auntie, my lovely auntie, gave me some Cliff Richard books. Now, I'd been a Cliff Richard fan for many years. And still are. And still as you will am. find out yes. folks later on. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but I, I definitely um, always liked him as a teenager. You know, I went to see some of his films, watched Summer Holiday. I mean, everyone's watched Summer Holiday, haven't they? And uh, loved his music. But she gave me um, his books, which had Bible passages and explored them. And it was his take on them. Absolutely brilliant. And so what happened was, as I read these, I started to get more and more. My faith would, was building. And then there was this tiny little pamphlet that she gave me. And the pamphlet said um, to ask Jesus into your heart and say a prayer. Well, I, I just put it down. I, I, I don't know. It just didn't resonate at that point. And then a bit later on, one of these Cliff Richard books said there was more evidence for Jesus Christ to be on the earth than Julius Caesar. And with that, I, it was like a light bulb moment. It just, it just went ding. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. And I suddenly thought, Jesus is alive. And I got down on my knees in my bedroom, and I was about 25, and I just said, Jesus, come into my heart. And I said it about 50 times because I thought he was a bit deaf and he wasn't really listening. <laughs> I say, I say. <laughs> I say. Are you there? <laughs> it was very like that and nothing happened. And I was devastated. What did and you expect to happen? I don't know, but I just thought something would happen. <laughs> Angel in the room. Yeah, Jesus himself. Lightning bolt, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I went to church very, the next Sunday and as the, I was singing a hymn, in this is Anglican church on Camfordy, St Paul's. And as I was singing this hymn, Jesus just became real. I, I can't explain it any other way than that. So he did turn up. He did turn up in my heart. It was like fireworks going off. And whereas before he'd been like a storybook character, now he was real. Let's play your second your singing. And again, it's very pertinent. This is Stuart Tynan's version of uh, the 23rd Psalm, The oh, Lord's My this, Shepherd. Yeah. But wh why have you chosen this one? Uh, this is one, really, that I've heard from as a young child. Um, it was quite popular in our church. And I just think the words, they're amazing. They just resonate with me so much. Well, we'll listen to this and then we'll, like, we'll hear from our sponsors. And then I'll live down to Keith Jones and have a little break. And then we'll come back for a lot more because I want to hear all about your creative streak uh, <laughs> and all the other things that you've got up to. Not least of which, of course, is being on the mission field for a while. Yeah. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still water. This is Hope FM. Well, that's uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman there with a the track called Don't Lose Heart. Very pertinent to all of us in these uh, these challenging days that we find ourselves uh, living in. Now, just a reminder of those books that Adrian recommended. First of all, God in Number 10 sounds like a, a fascinating book about the faith of the various Prime Ministers that have occupied the, the office of Prime Minister. And then A Place at the Table. And lots of you I know, I know are very much into uh, into hospitality and looking after people. Very important. Even Jesus invited himself to tea with Zacchaeus, you may remember. He loved having uh, having afternoon tea and maybe a bit more substantial food uh, with, with with people that he loved to spend time with uh, and talk to. And then, of course, we did drop in uh, my very special guest, Tricia Fruit's new book, uh, which is currently on sale and selling well. You'll be pleased to know, uh, uh, Tricia. Great. Uh, called Gospel in a, in a Nutshell. Uh, and again, beautifully illustrated. And you'll hear mm. more about that book uh, if you keep your ear uh, tuned to the radio. And then, of course, the, the album was Stephen Curtis Chapman's new album, Still, and the particular track that you heard there 
there was don't lose heart well Tricia coming uh, back to you uh, mm-hmm. I mean obviously you talked about your love for Cliff Richard yes and his, <laughs> his music and his faith mm-hmm. in a way God really used that to, 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 to bring you back to that place prior to your marriage so when when it got to the big day mm-hmm. and they said did they say you know uh, do you take this man and you said yes I do <laughs> and then asked him yeah. but did you feel God's presence in that ceremony was it special for you yes yes it was I think um, when you get married you you know you, you're taking on a real responsibility you know for me anyway and I think for a lot of people it's for life um, so yeah I, I did I really felt that God was there and um, that was so important to me was the uh, creative streak always there yes i can remember writing little books just for myself when i was about seven we had those ladybird books you talked about yeah oh yeah i've always loved illustrations though my mum is the artist i can't draw for toffee um but has your mum done the illustrations for this new book uh, no, no, I'll tell you about the illustrator in a minute because she's very special. Uh, yeah, so for me, it was always writing. Um, I was the only child probably in my class. I was in a little tiny little village school. Uh, couldn't do maths, but I loved English. So when they said comprehension or essay writing, I was like, yay! And everyone's going, oh, she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, I used to write, do little books for myself. And then as I got older, I sort of dabbled in writing. But I had very one of the problems I've always had is a low self-esteem and I never thought that I would be good enough you know but one of the turning points for me was when I was at college so I was at uh, Paul College and the English teacher read out my story I was about 17 and she said this lady is going to be a writer and I thought wow <laughs> so that was a pivotal a prophetic statement it was and it was a pivotal moment for me because up till then I thought oh you know it's mm. just dabbling. I mean, you passed over something quite quickly there oh. about low self-esteem. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. men and women, mm. that suffer from that, don't they? I mean, yes. what do you think is at the root of all of that stuff? Gosh, uh, there's there's a lot there because, you you know, it often accompanies with rejection. I've had rejection issues, depression, anxiety. Um, I'm probably in the best place I've ever been right now. But over the years, I think hormones come into play. You know, oh, you're yes, a teenager and as a woman, we have yes. old, dear old menopause. And having to deal with um, men. Yeah, yes. and men. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. All the women going, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the men going, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, uh, I, think, I think self-worth, I don't think as many people with true self-worth I think a lot of us have doubts. Mm. And obviously, when you become a Christian, the enemy will put in more doubts. Mm. I think in my teens, I had a, I was very shy, painfully shy. But on the whole, I was, I was quite a selfish person. I thought of myself. But obviously, when I became a Christian, God takes that and you, moves your focus more onto others, mm. which is great in one way. It made me more of a helper and a servant. But also, I think it made me more internalise my own personality I think you know I'm not good enough but it's interesting isn't it because people sometimes are fearful about giving up their person I interviewed a, a chap who was a, uh, is a humanist actually not very long ago and one of the things that he, he said to me and I can understand this point of view but he said you know I I, I can't believe in God because I don't want to lose myself in him but of course uh, what I was thinking as he was speaking well we lose ourselves but we get our new self back and it's almost like God is brilliant in bringing I mean Jesus himself yes. said about giving us the best didn't he but of course we don't know that at the time do we no well what happened with me was um the shyness over the years it wasn't automatic slowly uh, you know I, I gained more confidence so the shyness started to go and I knew it was God I knew it couldn't have come from me. Um, Just a very sort of little sort of uh, illustration was when (laughs) my husband and I uh, moved on to this big housing estate, and I was terrified because I was—I'd come from a very small village. So rural life to yeah, 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 to big town, urban, Mm, the biggest, the biggest housing estate 
comforties was at that time in Europe. Mm. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. You know, I just really felt like everyone was looking at me. <laughs> and I didn't know where I fit in. I didn't, you know, all my neighbours had been there for some time. So, you know, I was very shy. And they, they've kindly invited us to a barbecue. <laughs> and we got a, a green outside. So we were going outside. And I was stood there and I couldn't go. And my husband... I said, you go first. And he goes, no, you go first. <laughs> and then he pushed me. <laughs> so I had to go out. And, oh, I remember being so painfully shy then. But over the years, God has worked on me. And I'm a lot more confident, a lot more confident. It's like an inner confidence that yeah. I couldn't manufacture myself. So those words that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life yes. and have it abundant. I mean, you really at that, Trisha, don't you? I, I hope You'll so. You'll say no, you don't, but you do. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are in, yeah. in, in, in a way. And uh, uh, the in terms of um, you know the, uh, the the encouraging things. I mean, you mm -hmm. did you did share with me off air mm -hmm. about how you had this conversation with God about trouble and yes. all the challenges that come our way. And God actually gave you an answer, didn't He? He did. Yes, because. Um, oh, there's so many. Uh, I mean, the, the big one was the Jehovah Witnesses. So um, I had a lot of issues there. Um, after I became a Christian through these books of Cliff Richard, I went through a time of despair, which I believe was an enemy attack. And I stopped going to church. I dabbled with the Jehovah's and the Mormons. That caused more problems. So there was still a bit of spirituality there. There, there was. I, well, what it was, I was searching. Yeah. I was really searching. As many people do. Yeah. And I just couldn't quite find the answers. I, I remember once just, you know, putting all the books, the Jehovah's and Mormons, the Bible, where are you, God? You know, I mean, I really thought at one point I was going to go mad. Um, but, you know, there, there's been many trials, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, these things, you know, they come and go. They used, they used to come like waves. So I'd be high, as, high on a mountaintop one minute and then I'd be down there thinking yeah. nobody cares about me and all this. And one day I said to God, why have I gone through all these trials? And he said to me, without a trial, you can't have a triumph. Mm. And I realised there's no point in having a faith if you're on the mountaintop all the time. You know, and also there's this thing about shaping character, isn't yes. there? I guess that God is more interested in not giving us what we want when we want it. You know, yes. I want it now. Uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, but actually taking us on a journey, but all the time developing a quiet trust in Him yes. and a developing of our character. But because it's easy for us to say that as we get on a bit in years, you know. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely getting on a bit in years. <laughs> now tell us about because obviously then you had this little uh, time uh, running the Sunday school, so you yes. were so the the whole idea of educating young mm. children. How old were the children that you were in your class? Uh, they tend to be sort of like the sort of five to sort of. 12 mm -hmm. um, age group. So did so, you get into craft and all of that messy, oh yes, messy yes. stuff? Oh, definitely, yes. Well, I've had... <laughs> it's funny, but I didn't want children particularly. I mean, you know, I was, like, open to having them at some point in my life. Yeah. I certainly didn't want to work with children. But why, my heart... Why, why? Well, I can just remember sort of seeing kids have snotty noses and Stick, chocolatey mouths. And, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, oh, that's not Sometimes for me. Sometimes smelly. Yeah. Mm. My plans were to travel. And when I met husband, I was planning to go to Canada. And then, of course, he said he was on the QE2 and he said, well, the ship doesn't go to Canada. So I had to make that Does decision. Does that mean you got cheaper travel then on the QE2? <laughs> no, because he came off the QE2. Oh, no. <laughs> and we got engaged. <laughs> we wanted to be together more. Of course. Which was lovely. So, love, yeah. love dominated. He, it certainly did. Mm. And I just felt in my heart of hearts, I thought, well, if I go to Canada, I won't be with him. So I ended up doing all these awful dead-end jobs. <laughs> but we, we got married and I had four children and got involved with the church. And, and what was the mix, boys, girls? Uh, two girls, two boys. Balance. Yeah, so oh, very good balance. Very good balance. balance, yes. And quite a few of them work in care, so <laughs> seems to be in our family. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. I just ended up, everything I did was children. <laughs> and now I love children. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you see, I suppose that only God can work these changes. Exactly. You know, kind of. yeah. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. I'm my very special guest today, Tricia F- uh, Food. I mean, we haven't got to talking about the book yet, have we? But, uh, and uh, there's some more things I want to talk to you about because you went to this little event called Soul Survivor. Mm-hmm. And of course, by that time, you were you were involved with Crusaders and yes. you'd, you'd done a lot to start a group, hadn't you? Yes, I formed a group, yeah. And was these, these were slightly older young people? So um, I think that, that my first, I was trying to think of my first journey with children, I think was really was having my own children and childminding and getting involved in a Sunday school, not running it. So from somebody who didn't really want yeah. to be involved with children, God thrust <laughs> you right in the centre of the um, little mites. Still yeah. not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I... Um, yeah, I got involved with Sunday school and then I think it just progressed. I started working with children and uh, I'm not sure of the timeline. I'm, I'm, I'm never very good with time. But um, yes, with our church, they started going to Soul Survivor. They were older ones. So Sunday school tended to be five to, to 12. My crusader group that I ran um, for 30 years, that was five to 10. We tried other, we tried four to 11 and 12. It just didn't work. So we settled on five to 10 and, and that was amazing. I mean, I had some lovely helpers there who, I mean, solidly for years and years and years just came every Saturday morning. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, they're the <gasps> unsung heroes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, Pat and Esther. Lynn, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, thank well you done. so much. They, they really do deserve a work. You can dedicate uh, a track to yeah, them. Yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah so. thank you. So very, very blessed there. And thank you to St Paul's because they let us have the hall for free for... All those years. Oh, well, it's a live, yeah. lively, vibrant mm. church, St. Paul's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in feet, as indeed your own one, the beacon, you know. Definitely, yeah. yes, yes. The, um, so, yes, yeah, Soul Survivor. I was just going to say yes, Soul Survivor. Tell us all about Soul Survivor. Um, so, 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 so I went there for about five years. I'm it's not. A bit, a bit rocky and let it all hang out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I'm not overly keen on camping. I sort of like it and sort of don't, if you know what I mean. It's nice when it's the weather's lovely, but so if you're knee people. deep in mud. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> so before I actually started, my husband and I dropped off our boys. They used to go. And I thought, oh, one, the, I think the first year they went, they were knee deep in mud. And I thought, oh, I'll never do that. <laughs> well, they would have loved it. They would have loved it. They the, did. The mud larks. Yes. But the minute you say, I'll never do that. It's oh. like it's like throwing something at God, isn't it? Like yes. God will say, right. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So after saying, oh, I'd never do that, I ended up doing it for five years, and um, oh yeah, fantastic times. I I think again, progression of faith. You know, you, you start off here and you end up there, mm-hmm. and for me, that was one of my markers was the fact that uh, Soul Survivor, uh, very lively. Not really ever experienced anything like that before. So 10,000 in the tent. So this would have been a life in the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it? Oh, and definitely. Mike Palavacci. Oh, yes. Who Wonderful Mike, the he's, Greek. <laughs> and he's, he's formed a church, of course. There's a soul survivor church yes, now, isn't yes. there? But I suppose the other thing, too, is that you would have experienced literally... Thousands of young people worshipping God. That's an image that people think, really? Thousands of young people worshipping God? Yes, absolutely. Well, yes, because I suppose coming from a little village church, I didn't realise there was all this stuff out there. Mm. And it was a bit of a shock. I mean, I must just go back a little bit and say when um, Kevin and I got baptised with our two daughters at the Elim Church. So Kevin came through then? He did, yes. Oh, Kevin. Yes, he's done well. Done it, <laughs> yeah. Yes. In fact, God uses them as a catalyst in my life quite often <laughs> to get me to do so things. So again, you quite going back to that God fixing us up, you know, I mean, I mean, yes. he knew Kevin's heart, didn't he? Yes, he did, he did. Knew who to put with whom. Yes. Mm. And, and actually, when we went to the Elim Church, I was terrified. I said to him, I don't know if I like this. Was it all this sort of... People going, hallelujah, putting their hands in the oh air. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely terrified because I come from this very sort of... Sedate. Sedate background. And, and, and there's some beauty in that because of the prayer and the reflectiveness. And, and I really met God in that background. And so. both are important, aren't they? They, they are. I like it, both. Because there's a time for contemplation. Yes. But also, I, some people think, you know, that there's not spirituality in the high church. It's, oh, there it's, is. It's everywhere. It's everywhere that, where God, God is. <laughs> God looks in the heart. Doesn't he? So Kevin said to me, well, I like this church. And because by then I'd, I'd had my faith and I really wanted him to have a faith. 
I thought, I'm just going to stick with this because he likes it. He loves the goey music, as I call it. So, <laughs> so we, yeah, He's we. A holy ruler then, yeah. Kevin. So it was through going to the Elim, go, getting used to that environment that was so alien to me. Then I found the Holy Spirit through the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. Because when I came out of the Jehovah Witness sort of entanglement, we want to say, Kev said, the only, and the only person I know can help sort you out is, is my cousin, who's a Christian. So he prayed for me, and this is true as I stand here. As he prayed for me, I felt chains, invisible chains, actually fall down my body. Mm. So I was chained. Yeah. Uh, incredible thing, because I wasn't spiritual enough to understand what it was at the time, of but course. God explained it later. So it was chains of entanglement, really. Mm. So anyway, um, so that's how I sort of got into it. So his cousin also belonged to the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And then we went to a couple of the meetings, and one day they prayed for me to have the Holy Spirit and I, <laughs> I was so bouncy in the car on the way back. You're like Tigger then, were I you? I was. And as I was so bouncy, they said, Bob, this old man who was driving the car, said, don't put holes in my roof. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, that's when my faith really, really took off. The, the Holy Spirit just got me. And of course, it does take us all. I mean, it took me probably a few years to work through the yes. whole Holy Spirit thing. Yes. But of course, I suppose the easiest way of explaining it to people is it's like the power to live the Christian life, isn't it? It's the power. That's what the Holy Spirit did for the, the disciples, wasn't it? He came upon them in, with tongues of fire and power. Mm. Yes. So yes. now you're a powerful woman now. <laughs> <laughs> so they, then you and Kevin head off to, was it Hong Kong? No, it was India. India. And this is many years later, yeah. So we'd, you know, um, Kev's, well, I'll start with Kevin really because it's his dream and it was his journey really. He wanted to go to back to India because when he was on the QE2, he'd experienced incredible poverty and it hit his heart. Mm. And every time we used to get have these little chats as when we were going through our marriage, he used to talk about this. It always end up with the same conversation about these dear children and, you know, seeing the poverty. So when I was with the Baptist Church um, under Ben Lucas, they decided to send a team. So you had to be a member and Kev wasn't a member. So I got in and he didn't. I felt incredibly guilty. But by then it had become my passion, too. So anyway, I, I said, right, I'll go. And then two members decided to get married and, and hop out of the trip. Oh. And so they invited Kevin and another man who wasn't a member, Marty, to come on board. And so they were such, such a blessing to the trip. So it was lovely that they could come. So you experienced what India was like then. And oh, yes. Of course, yes. it's a land of extremes, isn't it? Oh, well, we went to Kolkata for two weeks. And I'll be honest, I suppose because we were married and we were there together, we didn't want to go come home. The poverty was incredible. We went to several schools. We saw the children on the streets. They sleep on the streets. But it just fires you up, you know, because they're spiritual. Over here, we're quite material. And you don't realise it to go to a spiritual country. And... I saw, even though it wasn't necessarily Christianity spiritual, big billboards with spiritual messages on and things. Mm. But you could, it was tangible. Mm. And it was just such a... I don't think I've ever been happier because I shed everything of me. And it was just like, wow. You know, these... The, I'll tell you one tiny little story, which is I, I found heartbreaking but beautiful at the same time. We went to a school and they got given a thimble of milk and a little cracker, like a Ritz cracker, and they would give you their crackers or break it in half. And get, oh. <laughs> and the first time I had that experience, I said, no, I can't have the cracker. And then they got upset, so I had to have the cracker. <laughs> and I was like, I had tears going, because they have nothing, they but they're give, willing they to give, give out of their nothing. every... Yeah. yeah. And it's very moving, and I wouldn't have swapped that experience. I just wish everybody could have that experience. Well, I, I've never been to India, but I've had many, many friends. And uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, as you say, that there is a spirituality about these mm. countries yes. where, the, where the need is, is so great. Yes. And of course, we're seeing all of the stuff about Somalia on our television mm. screens at the moment. Mm. Let's have your, your next piece of music. And completely, uh, I mean, these famous artists obviously have had a profound effect yes, on your life yes. so we move from cliff to helen shapiro i know so why i go to oh. the rock well helen shapiro 
was another part of uh, an increment of my faith. And what happened there was she added the Jewish element into it because I hadn't made that real connection. I know it sounds a bit silly, but I hadn't really made that connection. And when she came to Bournemouth, went to see her several times, we took um, relatives to see her. Now, so she was a Jewish lady who became a Christian, who we would call a messianic Jew rather than a Christian. Yes. And she... Like filled in all the blanks for me, so she, she explained how the Passover came from Moses, the pass angel of death passing over the Jewish people, Jesus fulfilling it in the uh, Holy Communion. I hadn't seen that link, mm. so to dear Helen, oh, you know, I owe her a lot because she really helped me understand. You know, I didn't even realise. I don't think that Jesus was a Jew. Do you know, what I mean? <laughs> you, know you, you really don't, do you? Well, we you know, live and learn, don't we? We, we, do. live, and we learn. live and learn. So that's why we've got Helen. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop. Serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, they do say that inside every one of us there is a book. I think inside my guest today, Tricia, there's probably several books, actually. And it took you a long time to get to do this piece of work that I'm holding in my hand. But what was your real motivation for doing this? Uh, My heart has always been, as I've said before, maybe a bit reluctantly at the beginning, but certainly not now, for children. And I think that I actually the idea for writing a book to explain the gospel simply. I'm a simple woman and I believe that sometimes things are better simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted I, re, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other books out there, but I, I just felt that I wanted my to get the, my message out that Jesus is here for everybody and it's not a complicated process. So I, I had a gem of idea 30 odd years ago. And I, I did about two chapters, and then I, I so just... it only took you 30 years to write the book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so these two chapters, I found them the other day, buried under a load of other stuff. And um, I just, I see now why God stopped the book at that point. So the idea was there, but I didn't have the knowledge. This was before I'd learnt all the things I, I know now. I mean, I've still got a long way to go, believe you me, but... Well, we are. Um, we, we're always learning, aren't we? So anyway, in the second lockdown... The title just came to me, just popped into my head and it wouldn't go away. As I've explained before, my memory is not the world's best memory. But this this title, Gospel in a Nutshell, kept bumping back. And I remembered, because that, that other book had never left either. It's, it was always there in the very, very back recesses of my mind. So I sort of thought about it. <laughs> and I sort of thought, well, maybe there's something here. And then uh, January came and I was thinking, all right, this is the year I might write this book. Then I, I got COVID quite badly, about three months. I couldn't do a lot, um, couldn't work anything. and um, Takes your energy and everything. Oh, yeah, it really did. But I suppose it gave me thinking time. And um, I've got what called busy brain. So God sometimes needs to get me in a quiet place. <laughs> and as, as, it, as I came out of COVID, I started writing. And I wrote the whole book in about three months. Obviously, I had a lot of research to do. And um, and then I put it out to a couple of friends. And our dear elder, Martin Woolley, who really deserves a mention, and Vicky as well, our youth leader, because they um, read it through for me, made sure I didn't make any gaffes. For me, it's very, very important that I get um, something as good as it can get. You know, a bit of a perfectionist head on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book the book is beautifully presented and, of course, beautifully illustrated. Yes. Uh, quite important, of course, whenever you're communicating with children yes. and so on. Uh, who did you get to do these well, wonderful illustrations? You know, I, I knew straight away that we had to have some lovely illustrations. Um, I had no idea how the publishing world worked. So what I did, I wrote to uh, J. John and I said... J. John, because I'm a big fan of J. John. Mm-hmm. I said, you've got some lovely books. Do you, who do you <laughs> have to... Uh, yeah, who, well, no, actually, it was a publisher. I was looking for a publisher first. And I said, who do you do? Um, who, who publishes your book? Do you do them? 
you know, any chance? Yeah, any any chance that I can, you know, really cheeky, really when I think back on it. But anyway, that's why I did. You are awful. <laughs> I'm awful. Like you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Now we, we are definitely showing our age. <laughs> so anyway. The man, Sam Rennie, he wrote back to me as on an email and said, we actually use Verite um, as our publisher. So at the same time as all this was going on, I was looking and I found a lovely girl who did illustrations, but she wanted a lot of money, a lot of money, more than I really could, could afford. afford. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, in conversation with Chris, the, the publisher, who uh, owns um, and runs uh, Verite, uh, he mentioned his granddaughter, and long story short, she did all the illustrations. She was 15. There's about, I think there's about 40 illustrations. I mean, there's an illustration on every page. And in full colour, of course. Uh, everyone in full colour. And I, I now with hindsight, I look back and I think, God knew what he was doing. He, he got me to the right publisher and the right illustrator. And I have to say, they've, they've been behind me 101%. They've done so much for me. Things I could never do. We're preparing a Kindle book. Which is very exciting. Something I would I wouldn't have the knowledge to do. So Katie, Kate Hobbs um, has done the illustrations. Um, Mum has done. Rachel has done a lot as well. She's helped um, do all the technical bits. So yeah, the whole family has been absolutely amazing. And uh, you know they listened to me when I said this is what I want. You know, um, most of the time we got there. There was a couple of things. Sometimes you know we wanted to tweak, sort of tweak. But yeah, they were they were very very kind to me. Now, who's your target audience? Now, this is the strange one. Okay, so when I started writing it, this intro came in, and it was about how sort of um, God is there, and uh, He's got a plan. And this word plan kept coming back to me. And I realised with Helen Shapiro <laughs> that the plan was right from the beginning of the Bible to the end. So the you know, the Old Testament is not obsolete. It's very necessary. It's a foreshadowing of the new. And you need to have an understanding of it all, which is very hard for, for not just children, but Christians or people seeking. So that was really my sort of 30 years of knowledge, really, of learning and, and researching. And so I decided that um, I would put this snail so I t- sort of talked about it as a snail trail, sort of this faint sort of line between the old and the new. So I- I've got this idea. So uh, there's a little snail in each picture. Also, I felt God say to me, add a fascinating fact. Some are biblical, some are not. And I have to say the children that have read it so far love the fascinating facts. But I also feel that it, it's very difficult to put an age on it because some of it is quite suitable for younger ones. Mm. Sometimes I think you've got to be a bit older to understand the nuances, but you can you don't need that necessarily. And in fact, for adults, you know, are people anybody who wanting to develop? Yes. It's good, isn't it? Well, I gave some out to some adults and one lady who said, I've always wanted to have a, a look at Christianity, but didn't know where to start, found the book very, very helpful. Mm. So I, I almost feel it, it is it is a children's book, but I almost feel it's there for anyone who, who wants to understand Christianity in, in a non-complicated mm. way. Well, it's interesting that Keith Jones are already reporting that it's flying mm. out, which yes. is really good, isn't it? It is. I'm very pleased. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, I mean, and the, I, I, I love the idea of the fascinating facts. You know, um, so you got uh, there was a donkey that talked in the Old Testament. Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> and, there's lo- and there's lots of these all over the place. Yeah. Um, and um, sometimes you give the answers, and sometimes yes. you don't. <laughs> well, there is a second book player. Aha! And those <laughs> those questions will be answered. In the second book? Yes, it's yeah. just about finished. And you haven't even done the first one yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, the big launch, the big launch mm. is, at, is at your own church, at, at Beacon, the Beacon yes, Church, on, yes. on, the, on the 23rd. Yes, it's um, on the 23rd, yes. So what's going to happen on the day? So uh, we're going to have a little talk in the service. So about ten minutes slot maybe. Is that a Sunday? So this 23rd? is this is Sunday the twenty third. Yeah. yeah, our church starts at ten. I thought it'd be nice to it, when I say a book tour, <laughs> it's sort of like in two or three parts. So it's next Sunday. So it's next Sunday. Yes. So um, in the service, it starts at ten on Catfordies mm-hmm. Beacon Church, and we'll do a little talk. So that's me and Kate. So Kate, I haven't actually met her yet, 
Oh, Mum, so I'm really excited. So oh. we'll actually be meeting for the first time. Mum is an incredible organiser, so she's organised all this, really. And obviously, make big thanks to my church for allowing us to do it. So, yeah, so we're going to have a little slot in the service. And after the service, Kate is going to have a little watercolour workshop. And I've got some big storyboards from the book, which I'll be reading. And most important of all, you must have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and even more lots of (laughs) copies of the book. We have. We have got quite a few copies and we'll be putting them on a display. And what what price does it sell at? At the moment, it's £7.99. So it's not not an overly expensive book. not expensive book, book. no. Mm. No, that's the retail price. Well, of course, that's Stuart Tynan there. With the wonderful in Christ uh, alone, and, uh, and that's totally reflected. I love, uh, you know, on the cover of the book, it said, uh, "Is the Bible just a lot of stories put together, or is there something more?" Uh, we were, I was just sharing that little verse with you, wasn't yeah. it? That the mm-hmm. new is in the old concealed, the old is by the new revealed. But we were saying it's amazing how you got this golden thread. Uh, right the way through the whole of the Bible. Yes. So the, new, the Old Testament pointing to mm-hmm. Jesus and, of course, I guess the New Testament really explaining the importance of all of the Old Testament right back from the, the, you know, from the, the, uh, the great exodus right the way yes. through you know, to Jesus being mm-hmm. the Redeemer. Fantastic. And you have, of course, captured all of this. And your new book, of course, recognises the fact. <laughs> yes. The new book's not published yet, folks. No. So, so, but you, you, you have to be on the end of your seats for that. And it's called <laughs> Puzzling Passages. Passages. Mm-hmm. So when I was a child, I found the Bible quite mystifying. And I thought, well, some of this doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I had like two journeys. I had the journey of me follow, finding God and finding Jesus. But I also had that journey of understanding the Bible because I was introduced to the Bible very young. Um, and... When I got older, I, I remember praying to the Holy Spirit and he would reveal things to me. And obviously you ask other Christians and they help you. And so from different avenues, I, I started to understand really puzzling scriptures. So I thought, well, I don't really want the young people to have to go through all that I went through when, when it's there. So I'm hoping that... So make it easier for them. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, there's no doubt about it, uh, Trish, looking mm. at, at your book, I would say that anybody... Because lots of people do alpha courses, don't they? they? Do. And, and yes. all the different yes. other exploratory courses. <laughs> but, guys, if you are interested at all in the Christian faith, I can really recommend this book because it's easy to read, it's beautifully illustrated, and not the least of which, you'll have fun looking for the snail. Yes. Because I've already... I've been going through it looking, where's the snail? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, of course, this is the little snail who travels all the way through the Bible he does the, from Genesis to Revelation uh, and uh, but it's just got it's packed full and of course the the, the nutshell is why Jesus yes. came mm-hmm, uh, definitely yeah. fantastic so yeah I was talking to you about you, you You put it in the hands of a number of people to have a read yes I did yes did you get good feedback I did yes I've got um, a couple of friends that are very constructive which you need yes you do need constructive feedback because obviously that's what you're looking for of course um, so that helped yeah and did you make a few um, adjustments I'd, oh yeah <laughs> when you start writing you don't realise you think you're just going to write it once but actually it's the rewriting that makes any book Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have done a couple of articles for magazines, and even with them, you know, you have to tweak and tweak. And um, but certainly, a book is quite a process. So even though it only took me three months to write, it took me quite a few more months to rewrite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but I'd already sort of God had given me a bit of a format, so I think that helped along the way, really. So the format was definitely um, to start with the with um, the perfect world, and then going into the fall. Where Adam and Eve... Um, where we started the interview. Exactly, yes, with the sin. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the rest of the Bible is how we get to Jesus, and he rectifies that. And what I also liked was the fact that I had this little idea to do um, some little sections called In a Nutshell. So it's like a page or two pages, and the first one is called Sins and Sacrifices. So that's where I take a, a sort of... Um, I come out of the Bible in a way... Uh, so the rest of it is following the Bible, but these are like taking a topic from the Bible and exploring that for young people that I think, you know, sin, sacrifices, foreshadowing, those sort of topics are quite tricky. 
Yes, and of course you've explained, yeah. you've got a whole section explaining sin yes. here, and, and yes. of course it's just missing the mark, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. yes, yes. So, um, yeah, there's five of those. And I also talk about the Israel, because obviously the Old Testament is, is about the Jewish people, um, you know, particularly um, once you get from Abraham. And um, then I sort of tie it all up together at the end of the um, New Testament. So did it flow? It did. This is one of the things that amazed me because, um, you know, I, I was surprised how much it, it flowed from one topic. I mean, again, there was things I had to leave out. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, I suppose that's a, a yes. bigger choice, isn't it? You know, what do I leave out? Yes. What do I put in? Exactly. You know? yeah. um, I did leave Joseph out. And Martin said, you can't leave Joseph out. I thought, the oh. dreamer. <laughs> exactly. Yes, because he, he foreshadows Jesus in quite a few ways. Mm. So Joseph went in. But apart from that, I think I got but it. You know, that's <laughs> another book, isn't it? <laughs> whole other yes. book, you know. <laughs> so, but I mean, I'm joking about this, mm. but probably you, this book obviously is the forerunner. Yes. There's already one almost, yes. almost complete. Yes. And no doubt, oh, knowing God. you as I do in this last couple of hours, <laughs> there's not one idea, but oh, you're there's several. Over with them, I am, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want to impart my knowledge, I think, really. Mm. The things that God has, has shown me, you know, I want children to know it without having to go through another 30 odd years of their life. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I did. Obviously, it's there. <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? Because, you know, uh, I mean, mm. you know that shortest verse in the Bible, you know, Je- mm-hmm. before Jesus went into Jerusalem, and it's just two words, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and he wept, of course, because because of all the wasted years and yes. because he knew that people would reject him mm. uh, and that there would be a great deal of pain and suffering because of that. Yes. But, of course, all of us as adults, you know, when we look back, and you have said it more than once during this interview, Tricia, that we learn, don't we? Mm, we and do. I guess that enabling, and in your writings, you're doing that, aren't you? Because you're 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 taking your writings and you're you're thinking about those mistakes and misunderstandings, mm-hmm. yes. And saying, well, you you don't have. I'll help you. Give you a yes. hand up here. Yes. Yeah. Let, let's have your next piece of music, uh, which is "God of the Poor." Now we talked, of course, about yes. your trip uh, to India. Mm-hmm. Was was that? In your mind when you yes definitely yes yes because because God God is for everyone you know He's for the rich the poor and everyone in between for the young the old you know He loves everybody He loves He He loves us more than we can even imagine you know it's, the Bible says He loves us He knows how many hairs on our head I mean it's incredible you know His depths of love for us but the poor have it very hard and seeing that firsthand. Mm. You know, I just felt like, uh, yeah. And of course, there's the materially poor, and then there's the spiritually mm. exactly. Poor. And again, I saw that both sides. Both yeah. sides. Let's have a listen mm. to this wonderful song yeah. by Graham Kendrick. Yes. Oh, yeah, we love Graham. <laughs> That's a wonderful uh, God of the Poor there, uh, sung by Graham Kendrick, as we come to the end of our programme uh, today. <laughs> now, the first thing you must do is uh, buy a copy of this book. How do they do that? Well, of course, you go down to Keith Jones, and yes. you're having a special event, aren't you? We are on Tuesday, the 20th, in the half term. We're having a book signing with me and Kate. So um, that will be following on from our launch on Sunday and then on the following Sunday the 30th we're actually in Malmesbury Abbey it's Wiltshire that's um, uh, Kate and Rachel's area so we're going up there as well we've got a whole day up there as well so, so you're going to have a busy tour of um, promotion yes, right? now yes. of course uh, you must get the signature on the book you know? oh, yes, <laughs> because it could be worth much more than you're going to be paying for it it's only <laughs> was it about eight pound you said yeah 7.99 yeah. Yeah. and can people buy it online they can so, yeah and Amazon. 
All yeah, the usual. So it's on Amazon there yeah. as well. And Keith Jones online as well. And Verite, I must remember them as well because the actual publishers, they have their own website. Mm-hmm. And then when mm. when you have read this book yes. and you think, oh, well, well, I'd like some more of this. Yes. Well, when are you hoping <laughs> your next one's going to be published? It will be... I'm hoping sort of early next year, but it's hard to put an actual date on at the moment because um, there's a few things I need to do. It's a bit of tweaking and stuff. First, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, so hopefully by about sort of March next year. Now, of course, there's a whole army of people that have helped you. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. Which you're yeah. Kevin. Yes. And um, <laughs> uh, and your dear mother. And my mum, yeah. And who no doubt has prayed you th- yes. through a mm-hmm. lot of this. And, definitely, and, and yeah. I know you're listening this morning. What, what's your mum's name? Ruth. Ruth. Uh, blessings on you and, and thank you so much for producing such a lovely daughter uh, <laughs> and also for your prayers right from when you were yes. six years old and yeah. taking you to church and all of that and of course the whole team at Canford yes um, and uh, well you named some names there didn't you yes yes so um, yeah I mean your whole life is a journey isn't it so everybody's touched me in some way so I've got um, I certainly want to thank Roger Rowland of Elim because he yeah, I know Rog. yeah he his sermons really were the ones that really sort of touched me and then dear John Taylor from the Baptist Church his that, that these men really helped me to understand a lot yeah, yeah yeah so yeah and now my lovely Beacon Church and, and uh, yeah and of course the first the first big launch is this coming Sunday at the yes, Beacon Church the service Beacon starts Church. at 10 o'clock 10 o'clock that's right uh, and uh, and the author will be there <laughs> and the illustrator and the, illu- and the illustrator yeah yeah. so I, so as we say uh, goodbye then what's your real hope and desire that will come out of this wonderful project well my heart has always been that people will know that Jesus is real he's not just a storybook character like I thought for so many years and I've always had that in my heart that I want not just children, but everybody to know that he's real and that they can have the most wonderful life. I, I couldn't imagine where my life would be now if I didn't have Jesus. I'd have got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is Hope FM.